Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Andy Arnott, and this is Seller Roundtable number 23 with my co-host, Amy Weiss. And we are super excited to have Megla Bardwa on with us today. And I think I got it. Woohoo! That was you forgot the j at the end. It's Megla Bardwaj. Ah, okay. <laughs> well, I got it close. I, I got it close. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Andy and Amy. Yay! We're so excited to have Megla here on our podcast with us today. Uh, I met Megla in China when I was there for um, for Canton Fair um, during the 125th Canton Fair, and Megla was um, kind of running things for a Global Sources Summit, which happens in Hong Kong. And so, you know, she was at all the happening parties and everything like that, and I was excited to get to meet her. Um, and so, you know, Megla's got some cool stuff going on, um, and she is happy to talk to us today about sourcing from India. And I know with everything that is going on with the China tariffs and everything like that, and, and just in general, it's really great to find out about sourcing from other countries. Um, so, you know, it's great to source from the United States. It's great to source from China, from Taiwan. There's tons of really great places to source from and India is one of them. So Megla is here today to talk to us about that. Um, Megla, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and, uh, your journey leading up to becoming an entrepreneur? Sure. Absolutely. So, um, I've actually been working in the sourcing industry for uh, about 19 years now. Um, I started my career in India and I worked there for about three years. Then I moved to the Philippines. I was there for about three years. And then I moved to China where I lived for almost 10 years. And then uh, I'm currently based in Singapore. Um, I've been here for about four years. So for most of my career, I've actually worked with global sources and um, I've, uh, I've uh, you know, done various things for global sources. So uh, when I was in China, for example, I helped produce research reports for them. And um, these were basically 100, 150 uh, page reports on how specific products were manufactured in China. And so my team and I, we visited, uh, you know, hundreds of factories. We talked to... Um, factory owners and we, um, you know, audited or visited the factories and the assembly lines and we got a real close look at how various products were manufactured in China. And that's how I got an understanding of, uh, you know, how uh, manufacturing and, and uh, exports work and, you know, what are the things that uh, really affect product quality and product price and how do suppliers cut corners, you know, all of those things. So <clears throat> that was a, a lot of good experience for me. And then about three years ago, I started organizing this uh, e-commerce conference for Global Sources called Global Sources Summit um, in Hong Kong. And, um, you know, with that conference, I've um, gotten a good understanding of what e-commerce sellers who are sourcing products from India or, or China specifically, you know, what their challenges are and what their, what their needs are. And then um, 
you know, about a year ago with the U.S. tariffs and um, everything on Chinese products, uh, there was interest in sourcing from alternative markets. And, you know, because I'm of Indian origin, some sellers came up to me and said, hey, can you help us source from India? You know, you must know somebody there. You're Indian. And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, I had worked in, in India for a couple of years and, and I know how things work there. So then um, I said, okay, let me try. And then I tried helping a few people. And then, um, you know, that's how the idea of this trip was born. I thought that, oh, um, you know, there's, there's not a lot of information available about how to source from India. And there is definitely uh, a lot of opportunity for e-commerce sellers, but because the barrier to entry is, is high, there's not a lot of information available and, you know, it's, it's not, uh, suppliers are not easy to find, for example. So maybe this is, um, you know, maybe a trip would be great for people who want to source from India because they can go there right to the source and, um, you know, uh, see for themselves all of the products that are available to source from India. So that's how this trip was born. And um, then, yeah, I mean, I, um, I I started my own venture. Basically, I mean, this month was the first. This is this is the first month that I'm officially an entrepreneur. So <laughs> it's pretty exciting. Congrats. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah, it's like it's scary and exciting and like everything all at once. So that's so cool that you're um that you're going through that right now and you're gonna be able to look back on this in, in a year and go, Oh yeah, that was a piece of cake. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I love the idea of of sourcing from other countries, from all over, you know, and I always encourage the entrepreneurs that I work with to um, really think about the types of products that they're sourcing and make sure that they're sourcing those products from uh, the best possible place they can source them from, right? So there are some products that you should source in the U.S. There are some products that you're probably, it's most economical to source from China. So, uh, you know, going along with the, with the sourcing from India, why should you consider sourcing from India? Yes, I think one of the main reasons is that you'll find there are a lot of um, unique products that India specializes in that you won't find in other countries, specifically China. So, um, you know, India has a lot of handcrafted products that it that the suppliers manufacture, and uh, these are um, you know very unique kind of indigenous styles that um, that would help differentiate your products from um, you know products that other sellers source from China. And a lot of these products are very um, attractive and colorful, so they're great for e-commerce. Um, you know, if um, uh, a, a user is scrolling through search results on on their phone, for example, on Amazon, and they, um, you know, come across this attractive product, and it just uh, catches their attention. And you know, I call these products thumb stopping. So um, you know, that's one advantage. And then um, some of these products can also command higher prices because they're handcrafted, they're handmade. Um, so you know, they're potentially more profitable, and also, um, a lot of these products are not very, um, they're not, um, you know, high volume kind of products like uh, silicone spatulas, for example, or, you know, garlic presses or electro electronic kind of products. They're not, you won't be able to sell like 
um, you know, hundreds of thousands of them and, and uh, at smaller profit margins, but you'll be able to sell fewer of them at higher profit margins. I think that's the strategy when you source products, um, you know, these types of products from India. But this is an advantage because it lets you fly under the radar of, um, you know, Chinese black hat supply uh, sellers on Amazon because they are basically going after the high volume kind of products and they're staying away from these low volume products. So, you know, you're, if, you, if you've got like 10 of these SKUs, um, you're kind of flying low, but you've got, um, you know, 10 SKUs that are, that are profitable and you're selling them in lower volumes. I think, you know, that's a good strategy to, um, to be profitable. Another advantage and, I see that, mm-hmm. well, ahead. and the, something that, you know, I think of if you're getting something from India, that's unique. Um, and you're one of kind of the first in this market to source from India and figure that out. Well, it's going to make it really tough for the copycatters, right? If you're, if your product is featured on one of the product research software as, Hey, this one, you know, is selling pretty well and it's, it's doing good and somebody's wanting to exactly copy it, right, or close to copy it, it's going to be hard to source that same exact thing like from Alibaba, for example. Um, so I think that that is also another um, advantage of sourcing from outside of, of China. Exactly, especially if you found that product at a trade show in India, if you've been to India and you're at the trade show, um, it's very difficult to find those products online. Yeah, you're right. Um, And then another advantage is low MOQs. Because a lot of these products are handmade, uh, suppliers are, you know, flexible in the number of pieces that they can manufacture, you know, unlike China where um, it's, it's all automated and smaller uh, production volumes, you know, doesn't, don't really make sense for them, um, uh, you know, economically. Whereas in India, because they're handcrafted, the production process is flexible. Typically the MOQ for these products would be 200 to 500 pieces, but sometimes they can go as low as 50 pieces for a trial order. So I think that's really advantageous if you're just trying to test a product line or, you know, if you're a new seller and you're just starting out and you don't want to invest uh, thousands of dollars in, you know, buying a product. Another advantage I see is that India has a lot of raw materials available within the country and produced within the country. So, for example, cotton, uh, silk, jute metal, wood, bamboo, leather, all of these raw materials are available within the country. So um, products manufactured from these materials are definitely, you know, competitively priced. Uh, India is, in fact, the world's second largest producer of cotton. So, you know, cotton apparel and all the other um, products made out of cotton um, furnishings, for example, curtains, cushion covers, you know, things like that. Um, they're very competitively priced. Another advantage I see is that um, if you're sourcing from India and you have your own designs, your IP is safer. And the reason I say safer is because Indian suppliers generally have more respect for IP. Um, you know, unlike Chinese suppliers where, they're, where the, they, they won't hesitate to copy your product or, um, you know, give your product design to another uh, buyer. In India, they are more respectful of buyer's IP and they take it more seriously. They themselves invest a lot, of, um, a lot in their own R&D and design development. 
So um, just as, as an example, when I went to the trade fair in Delhi earlier this year in preparation for the trip, um, the exhibitors there wouldn't let, let me take photos of their products because they're very protective of their own designs. And so, you know, similarly, they're very respectful of um, buyers' designs as well. Um, I was recently talking to uh, a sourcing agent in India, and she said that, um, you know, a buyer had approached her from uh, the U.S., and, and the buyer sent her a photo of um, a product from a famous brand. And the buyer said that, hey, can you help me make this product? And then the sourcing agent went back to her and said, are you sure you want to make this product? This is, uh, you know, this is so-and-so company's design. And I don't think you should, you should make this product. You have to, you know, get your own product or be, you know, differentiated somehow. So, I mean, in China, they would never do that, right? I mean, if you go to a sourcing agent or a supplier with any product, they won't care where the product is from. And they'll just say, yeah, we'll, we'll surely make it for you. So I think that's one other difference that, um, or one advantage of sourcing from India. Another advantage is that uh, <clears throat> most of the suppliers speak English, so communication is smoother. There are actually more than uh, 22 official languages in India. Each state, in fact, has a different language and a different script. So, you know, I'm from north of India. If I go to a state in South India, I will not understand their language. The script is totally different. So English is a, is a language that um, enables Indians to speak to each other. <laughs> it's actually the second official language in India. Um, so, you know, communication is smoother. There's lower chance of miscommunication when you're talking to your supplier. Uh, your contracts can be in English. When you're sourcing from China, they have to be bilingual. Um, and, you know, you don't need translators when you visit trade shows or when you visit your factories. So I think that's another advantage. And then um, lastly, I would say that, you know, there's no Trump tariff, at least as of now. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's one advantage. If, if your product is hit with the Trump tariffs, you could consider uh, finding suppliers in India and that would help, you know, manage your costs a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I do think... Um you do have to consider your relationships because a lot of people have relationships already established with their factories and the cost of moving that from one to another still takes time um, to do that. However, I agree with you. If, it's, if you're brand new in a product and you haven't really gotten into it that much yet, and you, or maybe you're looking at expanding your line and you, know, you can find a lot of these products in India, uh, it would be good, worth checking out, right? Because, you know, then it's, it's not as hard as when you're having, you know, maybe a hundred SKUs already produced by, you know, uh, two factories in China that you've been working with for five years, right? Um, so one question about the types of products. So um, Kevin mentioned here in the chat uh, that you can find some Indian suppliers on Alibaba. But what are the types of products that we can expect to find when looking to source from India? Right. So one of the biggest categories that e-commerce sellers would find interesting uh, and you know, profitable to source from India is home decor. So um, these are things like um, you know, products made out of metal, wood, ceramic, um, jute, cotton, glass, <clears throat> Um, and then there's also home and kitchen, kitchenware and tableware. So there's a lot of cutlery, for example, 
um, uh, you know, uh, bowls, plates, those kinds of things. Uh, stainless steel is a big category from India as well. So if you're looking at, uh, you know, pots and pans or any other, um, you know, utensils made of stainless steel. Furniture, furnishings, and made-ups, specifically um, um, furnishings made from cotton. Um, and then I would say fashion. So there's jewelry, um, apparel. There's a lot of ready-made apparel, specifically cotton. And there are, there are large factories that are producing apparel, um, you know, on a very high scale and competitively priced. Um, things like, you know, denim jeans, for example, and blouses and pants and um, things like that. So, um, and then textiles and fabrics. So I think that's a big category because um, India has a lot of unique types of fabrics that you won't find in other countries. Each state, in fact, has its unique style of a fabric. So for example, in, in some of the Southern states, you'll find more uh, silk fabrics that are embroidered. Whereas in the North, you'll find more um, of the cotton and lace fabrics that they're manufactured more over there. And then um, leather. Leather is uh, actually a very uh, fast growing category from India and it's competitively priced. Their uh, products are higher quality than China. And um, you'll find that a lot of the products from India are um, you know, made from cow and buffalo leather, whereas from China, it's mostly pig leather. That's one difference. Um, and then sports equipment, but not on, not on a very high scale. And it's mostly sports equipment like, um, you know, cricket bats or tennis rackets, uh, footballs, those kinds of things. Um, eco-friendly products. I think that's a huge category that you'll find in India. And uh, a lot of e-commerce sellers in our group actually are interested in those kinds of products. Yeah. And I've had a couple of entrepreneurs sourcing from India for like bamboo plates and stuff like that. That's kind of on the uptrend as far as uh, economical disposables. Correct. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's bamboo, rattan, jute, um, sea grasses, there are a lot of different materials available. And uh, recently we came across this company in India that manufactures um, biodegradable disposable plates that are made from sugarcane waste. And I thought that was so interesting. I posted about it in, in the Facebook group. And, uh, you know, this company is producing these plates on a very uh, large scale. So they've got these automated facilities and they can produce up to 1 million pieces a day. And they're expanding their production capacity. But, um, yeah, I thought that, you know, there are a lot of different companies that are innovating and uh, producing different types of eco-friendly and biodegradable products. So, um, and how do we discover these products? Do we have to go to India in person? Or, you know, when we're sourcing from China, there are all of the, you know, Alibaba and 1688 and all of these online sources where we can at least look for different products that are manufactured there. Is there something equally in, in India where we could go, hey, I wonder if this could be made in India. Is there an easy way to look for that online? Sure. So there are a couple of uh, ways to find suppliers in India. So first of all, you'd uh, go to the main supplier directories. There's Alibaba and Global Sources. So both of these supplier directories have suppliers from India. So what you do is search for the product and then filter by supplier location. And then you'd be able to see suppliers from India and um, uh, you know, on, on both of these websites. Um, secondly, you can find some of these suppliers at trade shows. 
um, in Hong Kong and China. So Canton Fair has a pavilion of Indian suppliers. Um, and then even Global Sources for the third phase of Global Sources, that's uh, where the Global Sources Summit is held. There is a pavilion for India suppliers of uh, apparel and fashion accessories and you know all of those products. Um, even other shows in Hong Kong, Hong Kong TDC, for example. So, and then a lot of the Indian suppliers also exhibit at trade shows in the US and Europe. So if there is a trade show, I think ASD also, you know, has some suppliers from India. So that's the other thing. And then, um, oh, talking about supplier directories, there's a local supplier directory called India Mart that, uh, where you can go to find suppliers. But um, a lot of the suppliers on, on this website cater to the domestic market as well. So you've got to be careful when you um, find and approach suppliers because when you're sourcing from India, you want to make sure that the supplier is export focused because, uh, you know, India is a huge country and there's a lot of demand for a lot of different products within the country. So a lot of manufacturers, uh, they, they focus on the domestic market and they only supply to the domestic market. So you want to avoid those suppliers uh, when you're sourcing from India because they're not familiar with uh, the requirements and, you know, the certifications or the quality standards of overseas uh, markets. So in India, March, you've got to be a bit careful when you approach suppliers and you have to vet them a little bit more. And then you can also attend trade shows in India. So one of the main trade shows, and this is the one that we're attending in October, it's called the Indian Handicrafts and Gifts Fair. It's got about 3000 exhibitors and they are all export focused. That's the thing that I like about this fair. Um, all of the suppliers at the show are export focused. And in fact, locals are not allowed to attend the fair because um, you know, they can only attend the fair if they represent maybe a buying agency or an overseas importer. Um, another so you, thing said, that you said 3,000 suppliers um, at this correct. Indian Handicrafts and Gifts um, so the, the scope is a lot smaller if we think about like Canton Fair or even global sources we're seeing like at Canton Fair, we've got 60,000 different suppliers. So how many days is this, uh, is this export fair? So the export fair is for five days. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah, it's for five days. But uh, during the trip, we're going to be spending about three days at the fair um and yeah so i think you know three days two to three days is enough to go around this fair yeah yeah and really take your time because I, I feel like at canton sometimes you feel kind of rushed you know because you're like oh my gosh there's so much to see and what if i if i forget to go upstairs and i miss this hall where the one product i'm looking for might be and you know it's it's almost overwhelming so it's interesting to think about a smaller subset of suppliers um for that uh, so very cool. Yeah, exactly. Another way to find suppliers is to search for the export promotion council for that product category. So in India, there are these government organizations that are tasked with uh, promoting exports of you know certain industries. So for example, if you're um, doing leather products, you know go go just search for export promotional council leather India. And, um, you know, reach out to them. They usually have supplier lists and they may be slow to respond, but, um, you know, they're, they're usually quite helpful. So that's another way to find suppliers in India. Very cool. Lots of really great tips. So can we talk about 
sourcing in India versus sourcing in China. So we're talking about kind of logistical costs and uh, we know China is set up for manufacturing and they're good with high volume and, and um, what about India? Is it going to be more or less expensive to get ocean cargo to the U.S.? And, you know, and, and how, how is India set up? Are they fairly new with exporting to the U.S.? Or what can we expect? What are those differences between China and India? Okay. So India is not new to exporting to the U.S. In fact, um, uh, India is new to e-commerce sellers, I would say that. Okay. But one of the biggest differences... Uh, I think people will uh, see is that uh, India, China offers a wider product range. So, you know, basically you can find everything in China from, you know, a needle to an aircraft, (laughs) but in India, (laughs) in India, the product categories are, are limited. So there are specific products that you will find in India that India is competitively priced in. So that's one big difference. I think that people will, will see. Another difference is that for most products that, e-commerce sellers would source from India, uh, most of the factories would be smaller scale. Um, There'd be handcrafted products or there'd be a lot of manual work involved in manufacturing the product. Whereas in China, of course, most of the production is, you know, automated and there's large scale production. Um, In India, a lot of the businesses are also family owned. They are smaller businesses. Um, so that's one other difference I think you, you'll find also, um, you know, as I mentioned language, so in China language can be a barrier sometimes, whereas in, in India, that's, that's not the issue. Um, in terms of logistics and, and all of those things. Um, so for the price of logistics and specifically ocean shipping and all, I, I'll, I think that you'll find, um, the price is about the same as when you're sourcing from China. Um, but you, you, uh, the logistics for FBA sellers is not very advanced, is not very developed, I should say, yet, because there aren't a lot of Amazon sellers sourcing from India yet. Um, and so, you know, freight forwarders and, um, and other logistics companies, they're not very familiar with the process. Um, but there are companies that are developing those, uh, those services. So, for example, you know, there are some logistics providers in our Facebook group uh, who actually cater to e-commerce sellers and they have, you know, partnered with other, um, logistics providers in the U S for example, and then they can even, you know, ship your products to the U S and then split the shipment in the U S and send it to different, um, Amazon warehouses as an example. So I think increasingly there are more service providers that are, uh, catering to e-commerce sellers and uh, you know providing these services. I think India currently is where maybe China was three or four years ago in terms of Amazon FBA. Like when we started doing the summit in April 2016, um, you know, not many suppliers were really aware of uh, you know Amazon FBA requirements and how to do the labeling and all of those things. Um, so I think it's the same situation in India now, but over time, as more e-commerce sellers, you know, go there and, you know, as when our group goes there in, in October, I think we're going to be able to generate a lot of awareness. Um, I think another difference you'll find is that there's not a lot of information available about sourcing from India. Whereas, you know, from China, you have blogs and YouTube tutorials and you have experts like Stephen <laughs> who will, you know, post a lot of great information in, in all the different groups and all. So, um, whereas in India, it's more difficult to find suppliers, to find uh, information and that, and the barrier to entry is a bit higher, but I think that's an advantage 
for people who are willing to uh, spend the time and effort and, you know, who are willing to try and find out how things work in India. So, yeah, I think those are the key differences. In terms of prices, I would say for products that uh, India is competitive in, you'll find that the prices are comparable to uh, prices in China. But of course, if, you know, the raw materials are not available in India and if uh, there aren't too many, you know, uh, production facilities of that product, the prices might not be um, comparable to China. And you may have a little bit longer lead times as well, just because, you know, there are handmade things and um, the uh, we're not as advanced, right, as far as the factory processes and stuff. But I think you're right, Megla, about um, there being some advantages there, especially if you're sourcing a product that India specializes in and can remain very competitive in. Uh, so it's it's a great thing if you're trying to learn to source from India that there are people like Megla that are willing to hold your hand. I can't imagine, you know, I, I went to Canton for the first time this last time and uh, and it was very scary for me. I was thinking, wow, you know, I already sourced from China, but it's still, it's a, you know, I'm a world traveler. It's still a new country. You know, I don't speak the language. I don't know what it's going to be like there. And so it was so great to be going with a group of people, you know, and I think that's why so many people love going on the, on the China sourcing trips. You get to connect with other entrepreneurs. You get to kind of get the feel for the lay of the land before you go by yourself, you know, if you choose to go by yourself in the future. Thanks for tuning in to part one of this episode. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, sellerseo.com and amazingathome.com.